Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Start to Die podcast. We're doing something a little bit new today. This is called Smack My Pitch Up. We invite a member of the community to talk about their business. We don't really know where this show was ever going to go. We didn't really know what we were trying to achieve with it. It's an opportunity for us to speak to a member. They pitch their business and over the space of three, four, five iterations, you can hear how a business's pitch gets refined over time. We really hope you enjoy it. And if you've got any feedback, please let us know. And if you would like to come on and pitch your business, listen to the end of the show. You'll find out how to get in touch. Enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 314 of The Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my Airbnb sharing co-host, Adam Callow. If you could see us now, guys, honestly, it's not all that glamorous in terms of the podcasting world. We are around a table in an Airbnb room. A bedside table, nonetheless. A bedside table. I'm sitting far too close to Harry to what I normally like. But it's not just me and him on the mic today. We're actually joined by Tim Buick. Uh, and on this episode, we have got an interesting show. It's the first one we've ever done. And this is called Smack My Pitch Up. And this is where Tim, I don't know if we're going to keep that name, but it's it's, 100%. it's stuck for now. Uh, this is where Tim is working on a project and he's going to pitch the business. And we're just going to have an open conversation for 10 or 15 minutes, trying to understand what the business is and help him refine that pitch. So in the future, we're going to bring him back on and we can hear how that business pitch iterates over time. So Tim, how are you? Good. Good. Thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. Uh, one thing that I always like to do before we get into it is how did you hear about the actual podcast? Like, how did you become a, uh, a listener? Um, so I'm, um, I'm a long-term sort of reader of, of startup stuff. Um, I get on to uh, try various different learning courses. Um, and then someone was just talking about podcasts. So I thought, yeah, I, I don't really do those. Um, so I went in and just basically put in startup and... Um, and entrepreneur and a, a couple of other things like that. And I ended up following um, a, a number of different podcasts um, and you're stuck. So I listen to yours all the time. No, like it, mate. Um, so normally when we bring a guest on, we do a bit of a bio and a background. But to be honest, um, what I want to get straight into is rather than uh, sort of uh, going into the backstory, let's go straight into you giving yeah. a pitch of your business and then we'll just take it from there. But how does that sound? Sounds awesome. Cool. And um, just with the caveat that I sort of mentioned a bit before, so I've done a bit of a bullet-pointed list so I can cover all the points. Um, so it's not going to flow like a, a real person-to-person pitch, if that's okay. That's cool, man. And then we can take it from there. And I guess from my side is uh, I would love to sort of like identify which of the key points of what you say are so you, then you can refine it down to just the stuff that people need to hear. And I guess for people listening to this, there's different points that you need to pitch the business, whether it's raising capital, winning customers, uh, you need to identify why you want to pitch the business and who's it to. So in terms of the stuff that you've gone through now, Tim, is this like a generic overview or is this for potential clients or is this for money? So what I'm trying to do, because we are a week away from launching, um, we're just finishing off a few bugs. um, And this is what I need to get in front of is a number of case studies. I need to be able to say, um, like markets or uh, villages and stuff like that, or, or retail outlets. I, I want to be able to sort of say that this is what we do. Let's get a demo out there. Let, let's let's try this and let's work together to get some sort of customer flow and, and just sort of see what we can do and, and really get some case studies and and, uh, and just demonstrations out there. So it, it's sort of trying to engage them and pull them in. Um, I'm, not, I'm not looking for cash at the moment. I'm not looking um, for sales as such, um, but the sales hopefully will come soon. 
Sounds good, mate. Let's get straight into it. Cool. <clears throat> right. Um, so shoppers and their needs, they're, they're changing. Um, you, people are looking for the experience of shopping, um, or they might as well choose the convenience of online. Um, they're looking for specialist knowledge uh, to compare uh, prices on their phones from within the store, uh, discussing purchases with friends. Uh, they're endlessly searching for deals, not brand loyal, often price driven, and increasingly digitally savvy. Whereas the average retailer is not keeping up. They have a low digital footprint uh, with stagnant offerings. So they put sort of 10% off generically um, every month. There are no currently, there is no current um, mechanism for a sports shop uh, to engage the 100, 100 target audience runners that meet around the corner every Tuesday, uh, or a baker to advertise his last fresh loaves uh, to avoid disposals. Uh, or a shopper to find products without going into each of the shops, um, or a local authority to engage with citizens here and now, uh, or a market trader to promote himself to those that are not walking right by him. So our vision for Streetbin is simply, it's the, com the local community marketplace um, for independent retailers and services to interact instantly with shoppers and surrounding communities. Uh, it's simple and effective via our collaborative networked websites uh, and instant deals, helping you offer uh, an omni-channel experience. So we're looking to, uh, Streetman looks to help the high streets help itself. Uh, we're looking to bring back a sense of belonging and community to the high streets, provide digital solutions for those that don't do digital, uh, facilitate learning via tangible, transferable digital skills for the masses, provide an ecosystem which supports local retailers and champions the shopper. Provide actionable insights, so if it's going to rain later, consider discounting perishables. Um, create instant promotions to targeted local audiences, as simple as sending a tweet. So organizations or Dave playing football can set up a mini website or pin board in a minute with tailored branding and become instantly part of the community. All content is fresh, so a comment to meet up expires tonight because it's irrelevant tomorrow. Um, we provide opt-in, GDPR-compliant, targeted marketing for when pay-per-click uh, and Groupon and keyword bidding just aren't appropriate. Um, one of the examples I just did on Google, um, it cost £1.93 uh, for every click on a category of fitness glasses. Um, but if you were to spend a pound for a week's worth of views by a local sports team, you're going to get much better ROI. Um, so to bring this all together, our town directories collate info from local pin boards, uh, forming the UK's first real-time directory, which has the latest deals and conversations as council messaging events uh, or alerts for a lost child. Streetpin also plays nicely with others, uh, so we aim to be the common platform where delivery, click and collect, purchasing modules can all bolt on uh, to improve the user experience. So in summary, um, Retailers will benefit from regular trade and loyal customers, reduced disposals, increased discovery, targeted advertising to audiences here and now, um, create, create collaborative partnerships and general ease of use with a demonstrable ROI. Shoppers will benefit from relevant personalized deals, contextual info and discussions, real-time interaction and a discovery of local events. All this is available on an affordable software as a service subscription model where retailers can get online and start their communities for just £10 a month. Cool. 
a bit, a bit of a brain dump this. I've, I've made, as you were talking, I've made endless notes in front of me. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to try and pull them back in terms of like the key, the key pillars of what I was thinking. Um, yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to throw it over to H right now. Here we go. You ready? What does the business do? Um, see, I have actually seen this early, so I have, okay. I do have some inside knowledge, uh, but so it's going to, it's going to skew obviously what I think it is, but yeah. I, th- I thought the message was that it is a, a place where people or businesses can post, uh, local deals, news, anything like that. It's a way of communicating to people in the local area. So mm-hmm. I guess geo tag it so if you're on the street you'd know anyone around you whether it's a shop or yep. whether, whether someone on at home has something they want to get rid of anything like that it's a way of posting that and someone else can see it like for example Gumtree is when you're trying to find things obviously that's a shop front just trying to buy things yep. similar sort of principle based on location so and we could the trouble is what I'm going to really find hard with this is is not taking it down the conversation of like the the business in terms of let's talk about the mm-hmm. business because this is all yep. about uh, how you communicate what the business does. There's probably separate conversations that we could go through and really enjoy that. Uh, the key thing is for me in terms of the way that that was pitched for me, Tim, is I feel like the the message that you went through um, was very, I want to use the word transactional because you obviously really know the stuff. Whereas if I had to sort of re-engineer pitch, I think one of the key things I'd like to do is uh, put a narrative into one specific owner of a business. Uh, so <clears throat> meet John. John owns a bakery. Right now, John has a local business that's established in the community, but when he has a deal on, no one knows about it. And John's really struggling because he's a fantastic baker, but he's just not digitally savvy. We can't be great at everything. John is the best baker in our local town, and right now he's struggling. And then you can meet Sally. Sally loves getting a deal. But the problem is, is that Sally loves the, t- oh, I don't know what bakers make, cakes. Let's go with cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Sally loves cakes. But the truth is right now is John's Bakery and Sally never get to speak to each other. But I think what we need to do is like put a narrative on a specific person because the way that you opened the pitch up for me is you went through lots of different use cases. Uh, and I think, uh, the fact it can apply to lots of different businesses is great, but we really need to like zoom in and explain uh, the value proposition for one specific person. Because naturally, the people that you speak to when you're trying to get these case studies is if John's a baker and he's a local business owner, if you're a plumber or if you're a flower shop, or whatever it is, they'll map that out and relate it to themselves. But I think by trying to explain it to t- about too many different businesses at, at the same time is you're sort of being... Uh, and this is grammatically incorrect as everyone keeps telling me, but you you tend to be like nothing to no one compared to something to someone. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think uh, think from from that side, that will help you pitch it. One thing that I was left wondering is, this sounds really interesting. Uh, There's the business side of it, which is a marketplace model, which we can go into on another day. Uh, But, I didn't really understand what it was. Like, is it a, is it a website? Is it a mo- like, is it a mobile app? Like, how do people interact with this product right now? Yeah, so it's um, it's a network of pinboards, which are mini websites. So each one is a standalone website, 
um, but we're, we're sort of connecting them so they can collaborate um, and then we aggregate them in areas. So uh, John's Bakery um, and um, Phil's Market Stall um, will all feed into a common local directory. So it gets all the sort of the instant offers. So if it's raining outside, John doesn't get as many as much footfall. So he says, okay, at three o'clock, then I'm just going to put an offer on all my bread because it will be thrown in the bin at five o'clock. So he wants to be able to just ping out a, a message, just point and click, off it goes. So and then that gets distributed to people that are following either his pin board or the town pin board. Cool. Uh, and let's just take this down the route. Let's say uh, you're either trying to get business or raise cash. Like, What's the big business model behind this? Is it purely a SaaS business? Yes, essentially, but it's also advertising. So um, for people that don't understand or can't use pay-per-click or Groupon because they haven't got thousands of products and they don't want to discount 70% um, or they need to really target people that are here and now, then we're looking to open up digital marketing to the masses. So if you're, um, if you're that um, sports shop in the high street, you know that the people are meeting just right around the corner from you. There's 100 or 200 runners that meet there every week. And you just want to be able to contact them. And so we offer a pound a week per pin board mechanism. So um, it's, it's just trying to really open up advertising to its base level to say, look, I know where my audience are and I just want to put an advert there and we'll just say, right, pound a week simple, affordable, and effective. How do you get that audience? So those 100 runners, how are you getting that onto the platform? So each one of those is a, um, so the pinboard would, would be um, would be owned by the running club. Um, the running club would use it to say, who wants to meet at five o'clock to go for a run? Or um, anyone want to start training for a marathon? Or is anyone, can I get a lift to the 10K tomorrow? That sort of thing. So it starts to bring together um, things that, that people are interested in for a particular location and particular theme um, and then they could say well actually I don't want any adverts for sport because it's competing um, but they are open to things uh, other categories to make um, so they get offers tailored to their audience and get more content on there. So as, as you build this out now and it's a marketplace situation who do you need to bring on first is it the running club or is it the person that's trying to sell to the running club? Like, what's your strategy to like, and do you speak, pick on a specific niche or is it a location? So if you had to zoom in, are you going for one, like one postcode uh, or are you actually trying to go for one category, like uh, sports? So we, we're trying to, at the moment, establish various different um, uh, various different models and various test cases. So uh, if one pub has got 30 people using it, then that becomes really successful. You know, is it, if you've got 30 people that are actually talking to each other, and the pub can sort of say, well, actually, um, drinks are half price because um, it's quiet. Or, you know, they can say, well, actually, free bowl of chips if you buy this. They can look at, you know, the, the higher margin um, options and, and get those out there or respond because it's, it's a really sunny day. So put an offer on Magnus. Um, so we, we'll be looking to try various different ones. One of, one of my sort of favorite um, things at the moment is, is we're talking to a market. So um, they'll have sort of 40 stalls. Um, of really entrepreneurial guys that are stuck on their on their phone all day, um, but they don't have a mechanism of advertising unless someone's walking right past them. Um, so that, for example, is going to be um, get them all set up on on a um, on a pinboard each, and then have an aggregated pinboard, a directory for the market itself, um, and then put sort of point of sale stuff. Um, <clears throat> do a lot of uh, feet on the street, hand holding and stuff like that. Really sort of make it so it's 
uh, an engaged audience and, and then sort of look to sort of replicate and just move locationally nearby. So it may be that um, uh, the box park nearby or something like that would, would be the next steps. Uh, I, think, I think you kind of already answered it for me, Tim, but one of, one of the questions I have is obviously with people have Facebook pages now, so you can, you can go on Facebook for your local pub. Uh, runners can have a community on Facebook and then they can branch out into local areas and things like that. How are you kind of, what's separating Streetpin from Facebook? Why would someone go to Streetpin rather than Facebook? So um, two immediate things in terms of ownership. Um, and um, so you control everything on Facebook. You're you're quite restricted, um, but you can control. You moderate. Um, you can put only the adverts that you want on there. Um, but the other thing is that it, it's sort of it's open. It's an open dialogue that people can discover you. Um, in, whereas Facebook, you'd have to type in the name that you're looking for. Um, with Streetpin, you can just go to the map and you can sort of pop in and out. Uh, a, a pin board so it could be that we would sort of say well you can join for a minute or a lifetime and, and it's sort of it's, it's that sort of breaking down interests um by location so in the evening i might be interested in a pub but um in the morning i'm interested in where i can get my coffee from um or maybe at the weekend i'm looking to find people that will come and play football or that sort of thing so it's about sort of being able to open the community doors um, rather than having a, um, a sort of a, a Facebook where you where it's much more closed and, and playing by their rules. This, this is the, your own site that you moderate, you advertise, you brand. Um, and, it's, and it's about that sort of collaboration between local businesses and organisations. What I actually also like as well, you said it before about kind of aggregating everything. Obviously, when, if and when Streetpin in your local area would be um, populated, you could actually, you'd be exposed to things that you wasn't necessarily aware of in the first place that might be around your corner. Whereas on Facebook, to be in, a, you, you need to know about the group to be in the group and then be communicating with those people. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, so I was going to say to Harry, the only time you... Um, discovering is when you're following, if that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. like you have to be in the know to, to be yeah. in the know. Um, and the adverts, they're sort of sponsored big guys. They're not John's Bakery saying, look, I've got um, 10 loaves left. Come and get them before they go away. For, for me, this, I know this is slightly going away from just the pit. I think the, the thing around the pitch, we really need to zoom in. I guess it, it does go hand in hand. What I'd, what I'm trying to work out in my head right now is how do you get to like critical mass? So marketplace models like this really struggle. Um, and, and this is coming from experience because I run, I run a marketplace business. Uh, yeah. And it's sort of like, actually, these things are really hard to get going. But once you get them going, that's what makes the business defensible because you, you get critical mass, you get traction, you get eyeballs. Uh, and that's like this flywheel effect. Is as soon as you get the thing going, it, it starts to move. Um, this feels to me, uh, how are you going to, how are you going to get the demand side? Because getting advertisers and getting brands on board will be easy. It's relatively easy on any platform if you've got the attention of the potential consumer. So like yeah. how, how are you thinking about tackling this problem in terms of how do we generate demand for advertisers? Because me as a salesperson, I could go in and I'll sell you something, Tim. If I want to sell you something, <laughs> I'll sell you the, the white crisp shirt that you've got on your back right now. Um, but I can only sell you that once unless... I follow up with the promise that I've made and drive some value for you. So how are you thinking about that problem? 
Um, so in, in a, the critical mass is, is a sliding scale and um, critical mass, uh, as I said, in a pub, if you've got 30 people connecting and communicating and, and buying, if, if, the, uh, if the landlord puts an offer on, then, then that makes it successful. Um, or it could be an event or it could be um, some sort of, um, I don't know, like a market or something. So a, a lot of our, our target audience are going to be the bids, the business improvement districts. So they have a levy from each retail outlet. Um, and so they collect money from everyone on the high street. Um, and their, their, their job is, is to basically make it a better environment for the shoppers as well as for them as a retailer. Um, so they would be our sort of prime uh, target audience. Um, so we're, we're looking to set up one in the London borough um, it, as soon as we sort of ironed out some of the bugs and stuff like that. So we've been working with and priming some of those guys. Um, and the, the councils that are sort of around that, they've... Um, and they've said that you know this is a really exciting proposition. It makes a, a differentiator in the market, and they'd be you know helping us to get um, um, on newsletters and, and their social media and stuff like that, and, and getting followers um, to sort of um, come in from various different angles. Um, I did a contract in Croydon when um, Tech City was just starting up, um, so I've been quite a, a follower and a participant in that um, and, and that's led me down a lot of different other routes so um, in terms of charities and retailers and events and all lots of the things that make up Croydon as a as an area uh, sort of business supports organizations and stuff like that so it's going to be a, a multi-pronged approach um, most of them have said yes we'll you know send out support and uh, awareness um, and uh, you know, I will be there on the, as feet on the street. Um, we will be doing various other things to sort of create awareness, and you know, whether it's banners and stuff like that. We we did a bit of a trial in um, in Orpington, um, and basically we got the um, the estate agent and uh, the karate club and a flower shop that sponsored our leaflets to seven to ten thousand um, houses. So we we're basically promoting their pin board um, to 10,000 houses without us actually having to pay anything. Um, so it's, it's a lot of what I'm trying to create is the mutually beneficial circle where everyone benefits from each stage and then can pass on to the, ne the next person. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's worked in sort of minor practice at the moment. Um, so we're just going to be looking to extend that. So um, the, the, the pub or the, the, um, uh, or the school fair or something that, or the local Indian restaurant, all the, all the people that do leaflets and stuff like that will say to them, instead of just doing your normal, just say, look, everyone come and visit our pin board. This is where you'll see the latest offers, that sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, a couple of things to unpack there is, one, I think using local businesses to distribution is the key. If you look at what we just did at a trade show, and the reason we're in an Airbnb because we're at a trade show this week, is... Um, we've worked with partner brands to help subsidize the cost of our own trade show uh, because like you say, it's mutually beneficial for us both to be there. Um, I think one thing that I'd be really interested in seeing in terms of to help you get these case studies that we spoke about in the sort of the top of the show is if you could build a list of people within an area uh, and then you could take that to brands. And when I say brands, I mean local shops. Uh, so if you could work out how to get in front of 
actually, here's a great example. Uh, so Sarah, my wife, wanted to, uh, back in the day, probably two years ago, wanted to become a personal trainer. Uh, so we had the idea of actually, uh, she wanted to become a personal trainer for mums in Ashby, which is where we live. So we said, actually, what we'll do, uh, and this is over a few glasses of wine while we're on holiday. I said, well, the thing we've done well at Expert Trades, we've built a community and we've listened to the community and then built what they needed. Uh, so we actually, we're going to use Facebook as a uh, Facebook groups and invite people into a group called Super Mums. So Super Mums was a mums only Facebook group in Ashby to help understand what's going on in surrounding areas. Uh, so sort of the problem that you're solving is actually, is actually there's, a, there's probably another conversation here because I looked at that and realized that no mums in Ashby in our local little town have any idea that there's a, a deal on at Zizzy's around the corner uh, or the, the local cafe shop on a Tuesday at 10 till 2 has uh, a free cake with a coffee or whatever it is. No one has a clue what's going on. They all advertise in this thing called the Ashby Life, which everyone puts in the bin because it's irrelevant because it's print media and everyone below the age of 42 doesn't read it. Uh, anyway, side tangent. But what we did is we built that group uh, with the idea of then selling her services into it. Uh, so I guess to come back full circle, it's how can you build a list of people within Croydon as an example. So then when you go to brands and you say, well, I've already got uh, a, a waiting list of 656 people within the area that are waiting for this product. Can I come and speak to you? So I think that's going to be a hell of a lot more compelling when you deliver the pitch because you're actually showing there's a, there's a need from the consumers that they're trying to reach out to uh, compared to uh, you're, you're just another digital person trying to sell me something that I don't understand. Does that make sense? It does, like, yeah. I, I don't know whether you've got like handles or usernames in street pin. Uh, so if like, uh, I'd probably do something like, which is like claim your handle, like claim your street pin handle today, click here. And then like everyone wants to have their at Adam or at Harry handle in any platform mm. because yeah. Whether it's, whether it's going to be the next Instagram or nothing, uh, I'm going to take the risk on 15 seconds to sign up because if it goes well, I've got my hand. Mm. I'm trying to work out, like, can you build some demand? Because marketplace models, demand side, if you can get the demand ready and waiting, then supply side becomes super easy. And it'll probably just help you get the case studies that you're looking for. Um, and I'd probably go really niche. I'd probably go really narrow. Like... Think about like a postcode. So I live in LE65, which is a tiny postcode, but I'm trying to like nail a really tiny area. One of the best bits of advice I got when I was starting my business, I actually did this pitch training down at Google campus. Uh, and we were trying to build a checker trade di uh, directory competitor to checker trade. Uh, and we were trying to do 22 different trade categories across the UK. Uh, and there's a guy in the room that says, why are you trying to bore the ocean? I was like, what do you mean? He says, well, you haven't worked out how to do it for one trade category in your local town. You've got this big idea. You're trying to sell me on the big idea. You haven't got any proof right now. So why don't you become the place that helps you find a local plumber in Birmingham uh, and then work out the secret source for that and then scale that up across the UK? And that has always stuck with me. And everything we've done now, I've really, I really try and test small and then scale up. So for you, I'm trying to work out how do you... How do you present your offering to a really specific user group? So like Croydon and what we find is uh, that the best places to eat, drink and work out. I don't know what it is. Uh, like it might be the, like those three categories. Like we do, the, we do eat, drink and exercise in Croydon. And this is what we're going to be known for in the next six months. Build the list up of people that like to eat, drink and exercise. Probably a lot of people. Find all the businesses that match that and just have supply side on the left hand side, demand side on the right. And then try and build both user groups up. 
but you're going to have to do the demand side first to get the supply side interest. But once you get that going, you get that flywheel. And then all of a sudden you use all the all the brands that you're working with as distribution. So what Sarah did, she actually went into brands in Ashby and put leaflets on the counters. So you basically can do that, that similar thing. Exactly like join my pin board and get exclusive deal once a month through my pin board or something to that effect. But you're going to need to build some critical mass ahead of that. Does that all make sense? And do you agree? I do, yeah. So um, yeah, absolutely. We, we, have, we have another sort of uh, approach as well, which is that anyone can be a street bin reseller. So um, heavily commission-based, um, if uh, our best customer will be someone that already goes to the fish and chip shop every, every Friday, um, and they'll go in there and say, hey, Dave, um, by the way, have you seen this thing? I, I can help set you up on this thing that I've already used, that I'm using myself, and you know, I'll give you a discount, and then that person gets a commission. Um, so we're just going through um, that sort of multi-level marketing process we're just trying to find that as well but but we're, we're sort of trying to um perfect that in in sort of key areas as well so keep it small in terms of the um the sort of the uh, the office um but we're trying to make it available for everyone to be able to spread the word and get commission for that um so people that want to learn digital marketing or people that might be doing a, a paper round or mum's getting back to work after having their kid and, and that sort of thing they can do it little by little um, or as much as they like. Um, so th that's just a, like a, another sort of angle that we're, we're sort of pushing at the moment. So I agree with what you just said, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the word but in there. I think right now for you, the only thing you should be worrying about is how do you get users and how do you make it simple? Yeah. E going to the local bakery and saying, Hey, we've got this thing called street pin. And I think you're underpricing it. If it, if it worked, here's the problem that you've got right now with your pitch. If it works, you've massively undercharged. And what you're trying to do is make it really cheap for someone to pay to try it. Whereas you need to deliver each end of the spectrum. You either need to be really expensive or free. Like the middle is where you'll die in my, in my one humble man's opinion. Um, so I think what you should do is say, Hey, this thing is normally going to cost you uh, 800 pound a year. For you, John, I want to give it you for free. All you need to do is put this leaflet on your counter and it's got this code and all your customers can join FOC and then I'm going to work really close with you to make sure it drives value. Can we make this a partnership compared to being a customer? So you need to really identify the people that you speak to right now, customers or partners. Partners will give you distribution and help you build up the local a database of users, which will then help you win bigger deals and bigger customers in the future. Don't live in this gray area where you're trying to charge someone a little bit and use them for distribution for a little bit. Be really clear. And when you have that meeting, and that might be based on if it's a gym, they've probably got a database in the more tech savvy, give it them for free and get access to their database. Like try and work out, is it a partner or is it a customer? And then tweak your pitch to suit what you want out of the back of it. Like if you know when you go in, I'm trying to close this guy on a distribution deal so he puts in front of his customers for free, cool, that's one pitch. Other guy, oh, he's become an advertiser, that's going to be hard until you've got eyeballs. Like, and then just pick off each, each brand you want to work with and put them in a category, partner or distributor. Partner, sorry, partner or customer, partner or customer, and then just have a pitch for each one. Because I think my, my fear is right now, and it's, I, I'm, this is speaking from experience because I lived in the gray for two years and I fucked everything up. Um, I, honestly, it just becomes painful. If I could go back, the amount of learning I've done now in the last six years, that's the mistake that I made is I was trying to be everything to every brand that I spoke to compared to being really clear on why I wanted to work with that brand. But 
with every marketplace, you win if you've got attention. So to wrap this up for me, it's like try and work out a way to build attention and how much it costs for you to acquire a local, I'm going to say user. If you find out through marketing, you can acquire an email address and a user for a pound for easy maths. But you know a gym down the road can give you two, three, four hundred users, then that in theory is giving four hundred pounds back into your pocket. So look at customers like that and just race as quickly as you can to get a critical mass of users and then the brands will follow. That's my mm. thought process around it all. Awesome. So for me, what I'd love is if this has been helpful or any question you've got now, let me know. Um, but I'd love to sort of wrap this up, but then bring you back on if you've got time in like two, three weeks, two weeks would be great. Um, so the listeners of this podcast can sort of follow along and hear how you've refined it. Uh, and not to give you homework, Tim, because you've got, you've got a day job and you've got enough to do. <laughs> but I would honestly love to hear how you pitch this differently on the next yeah. episode, like two, three minutes to a brand and then two, three minutes to a consumer, like a user. So we can really differentiate what the message is and then to pull it back full circle what we spoke about at the top of the show it would be put someone's name to it because people are like emotional if you can imagine you the way i think about this imagine you're pitching on stage trying to speak to a thousand people and you put a photo of john the baker on the screen and you tell john's story and then yeah. you take users through how you solve that problem for John. And that's your brand message. Here's what yeah. we do for John. And then everyone will relate to it. Uh, and then here's Sally who loves cakes or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like have a separate pitch for each one. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Well, and, and if it else, while we're on the phone, man, anything we can help with? Um, I've just got scribbles of notes now and uh, lots going around my mind. So awesome. Really, really good to, to have this session. And, and, and like a, from a, from a uh, you know how we roll here, Tim, from a no bullshit approach, is this genuinely like, if you had to do this all again, would this be a good use of half an hour of your time? Yes. I'm trying to work out if we should do more of this with the audience. <clears throat> For me, very, very valuable. My, my, my issue has always been that I say too much and people sort of go, ah, okay, but what is it? You know? And so really, really valuable for me. I think as well, uh, and this is um, feedback that, I have, so when you, know your, when you know your product and you know your space, is you tend to answer and then keep answering to fill yeah. silence. Uh, and I've got uh, one of my chairmen is a chap called Nick Lander. Uh, and he's a master at this, as in he'll just sit opposite you and not say a word and you'll reveal everything, <laughs> even when you didn't want to. Making you sweat. Yeah, he'll just sit and look at you and you just keep talking. And I think uh, for, for people moving forward, when you, especially if you're pitching, especially for investors, is what they want to hear is, they're going to ask you a very straightforward question or a direct question. And as soon as you feel like you've answered it, then be like, is that answered it? Is there anything else? Let's move on. And I think that's what we should do on the next call is like aim to get to the point where uh, I can ask a question, Harry can ask a question, you give the one, two sentence, and then we move on. Uh, and getting it that succinct is so hard, mate. I've been doing it for six years and I still struggle, but that's what I'd love to get to. Because when you go speak to a brand, whether it's a consumer, a brand, big deal, whatever it is, you get so little time and attention from people these days. It's just making sure you just nail it every time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool stuff, man. I've really enjoyed this. Harry, anything else from you? No, enjoyed it. Looking forward to uh, hearing the second attempt at the pitch. No, cool, man. So, Tim, what we'll do, we'll follow up after, off the back of this. Uh, we'll get a second date booked in, and let's do this two, three, four more times. Uh, and then what we'll hopefully do after the fourth, 
four shows is show sort of how initial concept, bit of feedback gets refined, uh, and then we'll hopefully have a brand and mm. a I'm gonna say consumer pitch, uh, and then you can go crush it, bro. Not gonna say awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Cool stuff. Thanks for being a subscriber, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being in the community. Great awesome. Stuff. Cheers, Tim. Bye, mate. Bye, bye. So there you have it, guys. That was the first ever episode of Smack My Pitch Up. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a great blast having a chat with Tim. He's a super smart guy trying to tackle a big problem. Over the next two, three, four chats with Tim, you'll enjoy watching how that pitch iterates. If you want to get on the mics and pitch us your business, if you've enjoyed this, that'd be great to get you on. All you need to do is email us. It's startupdiary at nbs.fm. Just put in the subject line, smack my pitch up. That'll get moved to the top of the inbox. And if you have not yet smashed that subscribe button, go and do it because you know you want to be back to listen to more of this. Speak to you soon. Thank you.